toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. Listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes 73 and 78. I personally have been using the Scalar Light energy daily and have really noticed the shifts in my energy, including chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. It's also a gift that I've been able to provide for my family. And I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Moses Draper, co-founder of Imbue Cacao. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you have enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. Please check out our Facebook community and get connected with other like-minded souls. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by taking a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another breath in through your nose breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out light and love and sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Moses is the co-founder of Imbue Cacao and has been working with cacao and leading ceremonies for over a decade. He has been training others to use this medicine for over five years and brings a wealth of experience in various inner work modalities, including body-based therapy, awareness practices, rites of passage, and group work. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Moses. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, And I'd like to start out by just asking you, what has brought you down this path and what began your spiritual journey? That's a great question. 
Well, I grew up in a family that was pretty oriented towards business as a career or career as a, a thing that was the most important thing. And I, my undergrad degree was in business. And by about three quarters of the way through, I realized that was not for me. And that kind of kicked off a whole, almost a decade in my 20s, just exploring what was out there in a much wider sense of um, what made me feel good inside, thing, you know, things that I carried with me, my spiritual path and work in the world. And so that was um, kind of a turning point towards the end of my college years and looking for something that had deeper meaning and deeper purpose in my life. Mm. And talk more about that deeper meaning deeper purpose in your life? Yeah, I think, I think initially a lot of it, I felt fear that I would end up, you know, 50 years old and just look back and realize that I'd never really done something that felt significant to me or meaningful and on some deeper level that uh, was connected to how I felt inside, the people around me, things going on on the planet, things going on in our culture. Um, you know, in, in business school, it's very narrow. It's all about money and profit and all those things are just kind of distractions. And uh, the more I learned about it all, the more I realized that it's all connected that way and that I wanted to be engaged in something that um, was making the world a better place. That sounds really beautiful. So it sounds like your heart really was more focused on the deeper purpose in your life and creating deeper meaning. And so tell us a little bit more, tell us about the catalyst and and what created you to begin to work with uh, the sacred medicine cacao. Yeah. Yeah. So I was probably, I don't know, five, six years into my spiritual journey at that point. Um, So I'd really taken to that inner work in the sense of um, experiencing the power of looking inside for answers. And so by the time that I came to cacao, I was relatively well-versed in things that were going on inside of me and various practices such as meditation, nature connection, rites of passage. And I was at this festival in Costa Rica and someone said they were going to serve cacao and we were going to do a cacao ceremony. And I thought, oh, chocolate, that sounds great. I'm gonna, I love chocolate. And that's kind of all I knew about it at the time. And after drinking the cacao, it just felt like I was falling in love with everyone else there in this very obvious overflowing kind of way that I realized there was a lot more going on than chocolate that I had known and grown up with. And uh, it fit really nicely with how I was learning more and more to approach my inner work, which was in a much more gentle and accepting way of wherever I was at. And Kakao had this really strong message that first time of just being okay where I was and not trying to get somewhere. In my, in my 20s, I had much more of a tendency to think that I was, I was on some kind of staircase going somewhere. And if I went faster or did more, you know, it would all be better. And cacao kind of helped me see that was my own tendency and it wasn't actually getting me anywhere. I love that realization that you had with the sacred plant medicine. And just to inform our listeners. So for those of them that aren't familiar with, like you said, chocolate compared to cacao, can you just kind of give us um, an overview? Like what's, what's the difference? What makes cacao so much more sacred and special as compared to, you know, just the regular chocolate that you may find in like Halloween candy? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's a lot of factors, I would say, that go into producing high quality cacao, what we would call ceremonial grade cacao. 
cacao that we use in ceremony is essentially a hundred percent cacao bean. Um, and that's when we make the drink, that's what we're using. Chocolate is a further refined form um, where they often, there's multiple other steps that happen after the, the pure cacao bean. So, you know, for us at Imbue, when we think about sourcing, we're thinking about all the different steps that go from the cacao tree and the fruit there to the end product, our, our ceremonial cacao, in terms of what makes it different from chocolate and how do we do each of those steps as well as we can. And that includes what seedlings are being selected, that includes the fermentation of the cacao beans, the sun drying, the roasting, the grinding. Was, you know, cacao is not like a banana where you, you pick it from the tree, you peel it open, you eat it, and, you know, maybe the climate and the variety affect it. And if it's ripe and that's about it, cacao is all of that plus all of these post-harvest processes that actually enzymatically and chemically transform the cacao bean. Uh, so for example, a, a truly raw cacao bean, like off of the tree, opening the pod, if you ate that, it's going to taste not a lot like chocolate at all. And it's going to be very bitter because it's got tannins in it, uh, phytic acid, other anti-nutrients that our bodies don't do as well with. And so as it goes through fermentation, sun drying, the roasting, et cetera, it actually chemically changes the cacao to make it more digestible and available to us and gives us the chocolate flavor that we know of. Um, so really what people are looking for when they want to do ceremony is they're looking for pure cacao, not cocoa powder, not cocoa powder that's called cacao, because a lot of companies are doing that nowadays, but just it's essentially the cacao bean after it's been roasted, uh, what we're selling or providing is, is just that ground up so you can make it a drink that has a nice consistency to it. Thank you for that explanation. I think that's really helpful. And so I'm, I've also seen like on, you know, different websites and, and your website too is the, you have the, is it the paste um, mm -hmm. versus the block and I believe the powder as well. Can you talk about the differences of those and the, how those are processed and can those still be used in the ceremony as well? Yeah, so cacao paste or cocoa paste is is the chocolate industry term for 100% beans. Um, so if you take the beans, you grind them up, the chocolate industry calls that cocoa paste. It's basically like a solid form um, because there are, cacao tends to be about 50% by weight uh, cacao butter. So when you grind that up, that kind of liquefies. And then when it solidifies again at room temperature, it just get a you know hard block. You could shape that however you wanted. So cocoa powder that people would get in the store or are familiar with in terms of making uh, hot chocolate, they separate out the cacao butter from the, what we call the cacao solids. Um, so you're drinking cocoa powder, hot chocolate, that way you lose about half of the actual contents of the cacao bean, which includes the fats, a lot of the antioxidants and other nutrients that are in there, as well as the fact that it's a whole food when it's all together. So for us, what we at MB, what we sell is we sell it in bar form or powder form. Powder is a little bit of a misnomer and it was just the closest word we could come up with, but it's essentially a shaved version of the bar just to make it easier to use. A lot of people love just having the bar where they have to chop it up and take that time in processing it themselves and setting their intention. So same cacao, just two different formats, essentially. Mm. Yes, Thank I was you. gonna say I usually I usually purchase the brick and a part mm -hmm. of me preparing for ceremony is you know, chopping and sending my intentions and Reiki into the energy of the cacao. And it's a beautiful process. I mean, for me and then 
also as an extension to the people that I'm serving in ceremony. So, but I will admit it's kind of a forearm workout after a while. (laughs) It is, yeah. (laughs) To get through a whole pound and a whole brick. So, yeah, there there were times before we had the powder where we do a ceremony with over a hundred people and it'd be a good hour to two hours of chopping in advance to make sure we had enough ready. So just to kind of circle back, you, you did mention, you know, in your very beginning of the cacao ceremony, you felt really connected to others and your heart opened. And I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about that piece of it and what, what really makes cacao that sacred medicine to help connect with others in your heart. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the first thought that I have with that question is um, just like in the psychedelic world, there's a lot of talk about set and setting. So, you know, we have the physical product, the cacao itself in, in all the compounds that are in it and the ways that it supports our inner work. And then we have set and setting, which is kind of like the ways that we approach working with it. And I think both of those are really important. So, you know, we start with high quality ceremonial grade cacao. And in that there's all these compounds like theobromine, which is stimulating blood flow in the heart. Uh, It's got magnesium, which is a muscle relaxant. It's got a lot of feel good molecules, serotonin precursors to serotonin and anandamide PEA. So I think the kind of the mix of those compounds from more of a, you know, Western scientific view gives us this experience of being able to access our heart space more clearly, being able to access kind of our inner landscape as a whole with less of the sense of kind of being um, lost in it, I would say. And then there's other qualities to it that make things like shamanic journey work or meditation or creative work a lot easier just to flow with without the monkey mind kind of getting in the way and taking us down this other road. Like sometimes when I lead a cacao ceremony, we'll do a dance piece. And there's some people who can, feel very uncomfortable just moving their body because they've been brought up with these these stories of you know oh you look funny or don't do it that way this is the right way you know all that kind of stuff and then with cacao in the mix it usually just flows way more smoothly because people aren't so caught up in those stories and they can just feel in their bodies what feels good to move and then they do it because it feels good and there's kind of like this cycle of the positive feeling reinforcing the positive feeling in a sense and yeah, and then on, on the other side, the set and setting, I think that, you know, sometimes I get people who say like, oh, I drink some cacao, I didn't feel anything. And then if I you know ask a little bit deeper, they had some cacao and then they got in the car and they drove somewhere and they went to work, they did this, they did that. And maybe they were expecting to have something happen to them without giving it space, without giving it a certain kind of intention. So I think that you know, cacao can be, you know, a coffee replacement, for example, and something that we just have as a regular habit, and we're not putting as much focus on going deeper with it into our own inner work. And we can also do it in that way where we take the time, just like you were saying, Brenda, it's like, you know, taking that time to prepare it, to chop the cacao, to set our intentions with it. And I think that really opens us up to it as a plant medicine so that we can be paying a lot more attention to the subtle things that go on when we have cacao in our system. Cause it's, it's not a psychedelic in the sense of like you consume it. And then there's this journey that you're just going to go on kind of regardless of what you do or don't do. It's more like this energy that's available to us and it'll support our intentions. And if that's just a, you know, be at work, it'll, you know, help us with that. If it's, you know, creative work, if it's, you know, deeper inner work or ceremonial work, it'll help us go in that direction too. 
Yeah, that's definitely one of the benefits I and I know my ceremony participants have experienced. And I always say it's a gentle plant medicine. And instead of, I kind of use the metaphor, instead of it like pushing you through the door, it's more of like the door opens and it gives you the opportunity to be more expansive and to walk through. And I think that's the the beauty of the gentle beauty of cacao. And especially when, I mean, you mentioned, you know, we can have cacao by ourselves. And I think that can be a very powerful, like inner work, deep work ceremony journey, but then also in a group, it has almost a different energy as well. And I love both. I love that it can be a personal ceremony uh, when I do take the time to be present, but then it can also be just a way for us to connect in community. And could you speak to us a little bit more about how it can be that connector in community, which I think is so important right now in our world? Yeah, yeah, more more than ever, I would agree. <laughs> I, I think you know, thinking of it as a as an enhancer of what is. Um, you know, if you're if I'm by myself and I'm doing a meditation practice, it's going to allow me to drop into that more kind of inward focus on my own kind of experience. And then in the group setting, it will also facilitate those connections. I think it opens us up to them. And a lot of times in my ceremonies, that's a, that's a key piece of what I'm guiding people towards is that sense of togetherness, a sense of connection, being able to take down some of the masks that we wear and go a little deeper together. And so cacao really supports that very beautifully. And you know, most times when a ceremony ends for me, it's, you know, no one really wants to go home. They're just, we're all kind of hanging out in this gooey place of, you know, having been through the process and just feeling a deep connection and a sense of togetherness that we don't get very often in modern life. Yeah. And every ceremony I've been to has been a little different and even the ones I've led. And when I found that even like things that come in like drumming or sound healing can really enhance the medicine. Have you noticed that as well? And are there certain tools that can be used to enhance the medicine as you're working with it? Yeah, definitely. And I would say that for me, there's not necessarily one tool that activates it better than another. I think it's more that when we have tools, we're putting that focus into activating the energy. And there's lots of different ways to do that. Movement is great. As you were saying, Stacy, sound is great. Uh, there's different meditations sometimes I do to start us off. And it's, you know, it's a mix of the physiological, you know, getting things moving, which sound and movement can do, but also just getting us tuned into, oh, there's this new energy inside of me. You know, I often think about, plant medicine, psychedelics as a merging of two consciousnesses and that there's this energy or spirit to this other plant that we're working with. And it's a, it's a kind of merging where it's not just us as our kind of solo little you know, in our own mental space anymore that we're under the influence of this other energy and that the activating opens us up, I think, to that connection into the possibilities and power of that merging. Mm. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that, the various ways that we can do that, I think, speaks to cacao's versatility in the sense that my experience is the same, Stacy. that there isn't a cacao ceremony that's being done. It's much more about a relationship with cacao as a plant medicine and then bringing that into all of these diverse kinds of ceremonies and spaces to foster the kind of intention that we're having for it, you know, from 
you know, I've, I know people who do like dance events with well over a hundred people and there's just a pot of cacao in the corner and it's just like, you know, amping up that energy. It's really high energy. And then there's other times where it's just quiet and meditative or it's solo or it's creative. So it can go in a lot of different ways. And to your point earlier, Brenda, about it being gentle and, and safe, I think that's kind of this nice little spot that cacao fits into the mix of other plant medicines, which is it's legal. You know, we're, we're drinking chocolate, high quality chocolate here. So uh, it's legal. It's pretty safe, you know, in over a decade of working with it and leading it for thousands of people, I've never had any serious medical situation happen. And it's accessible and that people can just work with it on their own at home and not be worried about like, am I going to do this so wrong that something bad is going to happen to me? It's more like, oh, I you know, didn't feel it as much this time, but when I did this other thing that worked. And so it, it gives people this this tool that I think fits in really nicely into that mix of, you know, plant medicines that people work with. Yeah. One thing I've noticed too, with with working with the medicine is that it doesn't always give me, you know, what the same experience every time, but it will give me, you know, maybe what I'm needing. So sometimes it will feel like I'm more energized and I can drink it before bed and it'll put me to sleep or it'll keep me up all night. So there's, you know, working with the energy of the plant and really learning to tune into that. So it tends to, yeah, give me what I am needing, not always what I'm wanting in that moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I have the exact same experience. Like in in the herbal world, they call that adaptogenic where it's, it's less like it works one way and more it's kind of helping us get what we need in a given moment. I have the same thing. Sometimes I can drink cacao and then fall asleep you know, an hour later, cause I'm tired and actually need the sleep and other times it'll take me in a different direction. And I think that's part of the, the beauty of being open to not knowing or going with the flow of where the energy goes. I think that's a lot of what people learn in working with cacao regularly is not having preconceived ideas about how they should feel, what should happen, what it should look like, but actually just being able to follow the energy and have options so that they can work with that energy and then you know, then I think the experience ends up feeling much more unified and like we're just in flow with life in general because we're not trying to get somewhere. We're just doing what feels good in a given moment. Yeah, that sounds very much like a, a spiritual benefit, if you will, but connecting in with that greater perspective. Can you talk more a little about like some of the connection to spirit or intuition, whatever someone wants to call it that cacao can provide or open windows to? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a way that I love working with cacao. There's usually in most of my ceremonies, there's some aspect of that helping people tune into, you know, whatever, whatever we want to call it, intuition, spirit, the cacao spirit. I often do that through journey work or guided visualizations, guided meditations. And what I find is that, you know, like with guided visualizations, you know, without cacao, there's often an experience that people have where they're like, oh, well, I, you know, you said to like go down these stairs, but then I did this other thing. And then I started wondering if I was in the wrong place. And then they go off on this whole kind of side thing of questioning themselves and what, what they're seeing or experiencing instead of just allowing it to happen and allowing that intuition or that spirit to guide them. But with cacao, they tend to be much more absorbed in the journey, however it unfolds, and then able to harvest from it whatever is being presented. So it's like, you know, as someone facilitating, I'm just providing this kind of framework for people to access that connection. And then cacao is supporting it and making it easier in a sense through both its focus enhancing and heart opening qualities that they can 
just to accept whatever is is given to them in a given moment. And, and again, that's kind of like what we were just talking about around flow, which is instead of like, oh, like I'm about to go on a guided journey and I want to like, I want to do this, I want to do that. And I want to learn about this and figure out how to solve this problem in my life. And we might have this whole list of things that, that we want out of it. And cacao can help us kind of settle into what do we really most need in this moment? And it might not be any of those things, um, but it's it's really present right now. So I think it, it supports the, the capacity to trust our intuition and connect more with it and value it because we're, in a sense, we're more present to our experience as it is. And recognizing, yeah, that plants are really powerful teachers and they have a message for us. And when we really tap into that, we can tune our intuition into the messages to really receive some of those deeper downloads. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this, this work that we're talking about now is very subtle and cacao is a subtle medicine. And I think it helps us really slow down enough to pay attention to those subtle things that, you know, I remember in my twenties reading about stories of like people talking to plants, or animals, or my dad and I, in my mind, it was like this kind of magical ability almost that was like somewhere out there that I had to learn how to do. And it wasn't just learning how to pay attention to my own experience in subtler ways. So I think that that's part of how cacao helps us slow down and notice subtle energies just, and maybe it's just a thought, maybe it's a color or a feeling that comes, we're going to be paying a little closer attention to and giving more value to. And I think that's a lot of how we, how we tune that ability. It's not out there, it's in us and we just need to learn to listen to it. Yes, I would agree that subtle energy and really tuning in to those, yeah, those subtleties and I think it's so important and Stacy and I had a, a whole podcast episode on, you know, taking the time out of our busy day and creating a ceremony and, you know, a, as a daily part of our own ritual. And I would love for you to discuss like kind of the importance of having this sort of time out time, if you will, for us that create a ceremony with cacao or other plants and how this is important in our overly and increasing busy world? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because I've, I've had a lot of ebbs and flows in my own life with that. And, um, you know, there were times where I, you know, would do really immersive inner work stuff and then feel like I'm just, you know, I'm good for a while. And what I find, um, especially in the last 10 years or so as a parent, you know, I have a small homestead where I live, life is very busy. Yeah. And modern life is increasingly fast. You know, the rate of change is even increasing. So not only is modern life fast, but it's getting faster, faster. Um, that I think all of that um, asks us to have tools and ways to reconnect more often. Um, so I think that that practices that we do more regularly, like almost like anchor points that we can come back to that help us remember I'm right here. I'm breathing air. So I'm alive. You know, if I'm breathing air, life is actually taking care of me right now in this moment. And that we can just feel into whatever it is that's happening inside of us, knowing that we have the capacity to, to deal with it, whatever it is, however painful, happy, et cetera. And so uh, for me, you know, cacao is definitely one of those tools in my tool belt. Um, my wife and I usually have cacao most days, a you know, smaller dose than I would in ceremony. And for us, especially with three kids, it's a, it's a short little window, maybe five, 10 minutes of quiet and focus, but it, it helps reconnect and 
keep that sense of flow, I think. So, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place, I think, for, you know, more intensive types of inner work where, you know, maybe we go and do something for a weekend or a week or longer when we really feel like things are really far out of balance. But I think with cacao, it's, it's nice as a fine tuning tool. You know, it's like I'm flowing down the river, like a little bit to this side, and I'm just going to kind of scooch back in here and just keep moving with things. So I think it, cacao is one of those, those tools um, is, has an important place in that sense of um, not necessarily feeding that part of us that might need a big, massive change, but helping us stay more fine-tuned in our daily life and staying more connected in daily life. Because I find sometimes if I go do something more intensive, it can be harder to integrate into my daily life or to see how it fits in, especially if it's a plant medicine that takes me way further out from ordinary reality, whereas cacao is, you know, it's pretty close to ordinary reality, but, you know, distinct enough that we can work with some of these, these energies. So for someone new to, you know, cacao and wanting to bring this into their daily life, whether or not in it as an individual ceremony, uh, maybe in the morning or around the moon, or, you know, maybe going to a ceremony, what can someone expect or how can they start to bring that into their day to create ceremony for themselves? Like what would that look like for them? Yeah. I think the best place for people to start is if, is to pair it with any other practices that they already have. So if you have a morning routine, if you have a meditation practice, a yoga practice, if you do full moon ceremonies, you know, if you go sit out in nature, uh, the best or the easiest starting place would just be to have a cup of cacao before you do those things and notice those differences. Because I think cacao pairs well with some, a little bit more of an active approach, I would say, to doing ceremony. So unlike some other med- like medicines like psychedelics, where you might just lie back and you know, the whole journey unfolds, cacao has a lot of room for a more active and engaged energy with it. So yeah, I think that you know, if people have existing practices or things they're inclined towards, even if it's just journaling in the morning for 10 minutes before the day starts, um, sitting quietly for 10 minutes before the day starts, cacao will really help people drop into that. And, you know, some people get a little nervous about, did I mix up the right dose? Am I doing this right? And I really, I think that cacao is such a, a gentle and safe medicine that you, you know, just make up the drink, enjoy it. And the more space and intention that you give it, the more benefits you'll get out of it. And also for that newer person, let's kind of circle back a little bit. You mentioned earlier about the sacred harvesting of the cacao. So in your company, Imbue, what, remind me again, which country is it from? And then kind of tell us the connection that you have with the spiritual harvesting and where you source um, your cacao. Yeah, we source our cacao from Guatemala. Guatemala's got a pretty long history with cacao and lots of plenty of regions in Guatemala that grow some really good cacao. So ours comes from North Central Guatemala and it's a cooperative of smallholder farms. So the farmers all have small plots where they grow their own cacao and then they work cooperatively to do the fermentation and sun drying. And for us, the, the model is pay premium prices for a premium product. So there's training in how to do the fermentation, how to select seed, seeds, uh, do the sun drying and all that to produce a premium quality bean. And they get a premium price that's above fair trade. So we cut out that middle person in a sense 
uh, and just pay the farmers more than they would under fair trade prices. And so they, you know, have a better chance of making a really good livelihood and it's more sustainable because they're being trained how to produce a high quality product that's going to fetch a higher price. And then from the cooperative, it'll leave there in dried cacao bean form to then come into the shop and get roasted and ground up. Yeah. And so it sounds like you have a really good relationship with the, the farmers there and that energy can really manifest into the, the medicine that you're serving. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for me, you know, when we started off me talking about being in business school and wanting nothing to do with that world and here I am running a business and, you know, for me, I, I would never want to do it if it wasn't so that I could find ways to have a positive impact in, in as many areas of our business as possible. So, you know, sourcing is a really important part of that. And yeah, I think that that intention does come through the, you know, the way that it's handled with care at all, all the process. And I'm curious, you mentioned the country of Guatemala is where you source your cacao from. Is it something in the soil? Someone had told me like, there's, is it something in the soil that makes it <laughs> ideal to come from that country or what, what is it exactly? <laughs> um, I think that there isn't an, and there isn't a single ideal country or a single ideal origin. Cacao is, it's pretty amazing that way. There's, you know, with the growth of craft chocolate industry in the last five, 10 years, and now the similar cacao industry, there's just a whole new availability of really great cacao from all over the world. A lot of people are really learning how to, how to do it well. I mean, there's, you know, in the, in the kind of Hershey's chocolate world, there's very little incentive to do these things well to, you know, pay more attention to a certain variety that has better flavor, but maybe has a little bit lower yield, you know, or how to increase fermentation rates from 72 to 75% or, you know, these things that just, that, that create a higher quality product. So definitely soil and climate is a huge, has a huge impact on the, the cacao beans themselves. I met a guy once who was a chocolate connoisseur who, could pretty much tell what country a chocolate bar came from just by taste. And so, you know, even, you know, amidst various varieties of cacao that could grow in a region, there's going to be some commonalities based on soil and climate. So, you know, cacao at this point, the oldest origin that we know of is in the Amazon about 5,000 years ago. Uh, but the most knowledge we have of it is more Mesoamerican in the last couple thousand years from the Mayans and the Aztecs who it has a very central part of their cultures. And so cacao from Guatemala has a pretty long history of cultivated growing in that area. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was unaware of that long of a history of the cacao medicine. Is it a traditional ceremony in those countries? Because I feel like, you know, for me, I've sort of adapted it to my modern American lifestyle, but I'm just curious, like, does it have really deep roots? It's hard to say. I think it's, you know, I think a lot of people are tempted to want to say they understand what that was like in their cultures, you know, in the Mayan culture or Aztec culture. Um, I think that's always, it's always a little risky to to try and understand it as an outsider, you know, what was there before Western people were interested, what influence that Western people had on it. I mean, it's the same with, you know, the explosion of ayahuasca, you know, how much influence by the outside interest that it, that ends up changing it. I mean, definitely the Mayans and the Aztecs have been using it for thousands of years. It was a very important part of their cultures in a lot of different ways. 
what exactly the ceremonies look like or how they thought of it. It's, you know, I think it's in a way it's anyone's guess. There is, you know, when I started doing this over 10 years ago, there was very little from Mayan culture, you know, which, you know, obviously, which is more intact to some degree in Guatemala and in Central America about ways that they used cacao. And that's, that's actually grown in, in the last 10 years that, that cacao has taken off in the West. There's a lot less evidence in South America. That's why there was a lot of debate for many years about a Central American versus an Amazonian origin, but they, they found some vessels, clay vessels with a theobromine residue dating back 5,000 years to the Amazon, which is the oldest evidence to date. And the Amazon or, you know, South American cultures had a lot of other plants that they were working with also, and presumably eventually got traded to Central America and, and used there and incorporated into their culture. So for me, it's similar to you, Brenda. It's, it's, I would describe the way I do ceremony and my relationship to it as a more of a modern practice in that it's about a relationship to the plant and bring that into the modern practices that we have available to us instead of working in a specific indigenous lineage, which, you know, Guatemala has many, many different languages that from one village to the next can vary. And so it's a safe assumption that the practices, the ceremonies varied equally uh, between them and what they meant or how they fit into their cosmology and life and all of that. But yeah, I guess I, I, I always hesitate to think that I know how it fits into their culture as an outsider, because it yeah, I just, I don't know as well. And I'm not, I'm not inside of their world in the way to give it words the way they might. And so I'm, yeah, I'm curious, like, where did you begin to get your training to learn about the sacred cacao medicine? Was it from Costa Rica or did you work with someone also in Guatemala? Yeah, it was a, it was a mix of um, personal exploration, and then I spent some time in Guatemala. There's a man there named Keith, and who a lot of people know and are connected to through the cacao seminar world. He's, um, you know, in some ways a pretty central figure for the renaissance of cacao ceremony. So I think a lot of us who are benefiting from ceremony cacao owe, owe him some gratitude just for his role in bringing it back, and obviously the cacao itself because I think it it wanted to be shared. So yeah, for me, it was a mix of working with cacao a lot on my own and pairing it with things that I was already really into. I would drink cacao and go to a kirtan, go to a meditation, you know, more body-based psychotherapy work and just seeing how the cacao worked and some training with Keith in Guatemala and then starting to lead ceremonies and just kind of getting my own kind of role with it in terms of what really, you know, what was my own way of sharing it, what was my voice in sharing it. Well, we've so enjoyed listening to your story and tell our listeners uh, where, like where they can find you and if what you're currently working on. Yeah. Uh, imbuecacao.com is our website. Cacao is C-A-C-A-O. Imbue is E-M-B-U-E. And um, we've got a lot of virtual ceremonies happening every month. We do trainings on occasion. We always love having people out and having opportunity to share and connect. Mm. Thank you. And we'll certainly put your link on our show notes. So thank you, Moses, so much for being here and sharing in this conscious conversation. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, liking us on Facebook, or making a donation by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast.
Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.